This is a great story today. I'm Charles Morris, and it comes from Africa and the eastern country of Malawi. I realize there is a chance some of you haven't even heard of this country or know where it rests on a map. Honestly, I didn't know much about the country until I visited several years ago on the invitation of Christians who invited me to come and speak there. The Haven Today program airs every morning on a station covering the capital city of Lilongwe. It's one of those places where when you preach, the worship services are long. You start singing early in the morning. You wonder if anyone is coming. But one by one, two by twos, and then entire families show up by foot. And before you preach, the church is packed with people who love Jesus. Well, today on the Great Stories podcast, we're going to hear from the current president of the country. His name is Dr. Lazarus Chiquera, and he too loves Jesus. Now, the interview was conducted by our own Jim Grams, who for many years led his denomination's mission effort to the lower half of the African continent. Lazarus was running for president when Jim did this interview. I've talked to him on the phone as well, but Jim was there in person. He lost that first time, and as happens in Africa, the election was questionable. But in 2020, this pastor theologian ran again and was elected president of his country during COVID. So settle back with me and let's listen to this great story together. I am with uh, Dr. Lazarus Chiquera. Dr. Chiquera is an old friend that I met many, many years ago in Africa. And uh, he is here with me, and I just want him to say hello to you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Dr. Chiquera is, uh, is the leader in the country of Malawi, where he served for many years as pastor and also director, principal of a Bible college. And uh, I first met him, my goodness, how long ago is it, Dr. Chiquera? It's been a long time. It's been quite some time, probably 20 six, 27 years ago. That would be about right. I, I have called him for years. He's, he calls me Jim. I call him Lazarus. But uh, I've just heard that uh, in Malawi these days, they're calling him Dr. Laz. Why would that be? Well, it's, uh, it became a very, very fond name. Um, I used to do a program on radio, quality time with Dr. Laz, and everybody just kind of loved it. That brings up an interesting uh, question also. Your name, Lazarus. I understand that your father uh, named you Lazarus for good reason. Tell me about that. Yes. Uh, Lazarus is a Bible name. And um, when I was born, those that had been born ahead of me, which were boys, died in infancy. Only the girls survived. And so when I was born, I was pretty much given up for dead. They thought I wouldn't make it. And my dad then said, no, we'll call him Lazarus, as if come back from the dead. And so uh, that name has uh, meant a lot to me because it gives me hope. Uh, it inspires me. And uh, when things seem dead, we know there's life because of Jesus. Amen. That's a wonderful testimony of uh, God's faithfulness. You have left the pulpit 
to go into politics, and uh, that's not a normal step in the life of uh, a church leader, which you have been for many years. Tell me how that came about. I had one uh, reporter ask me one time, he says, if you don't make it as president, are you going to go back to ministry? I looked him in the eye and I said, uh, let's just make one correction. I did not leave ministry. This is ministry to me. And so um, while it was uh, quite a drastic decision, one that took uh, time before I really uh, made up my mind to run for the presidency of Malawi. I prayed a lot. I consulted uh, many trusted friends and church leaders, as well as those outside the church, because I had been receiving requests, intimations. You know, people beseeching me and said, this country needs help. This country uh, needs redemption. This country needs leadership on a different level. And I would say, what are you talking about? He says, we've observed you as a leader of Malawi Assemblies of God, uh, Evangelical Association of Malawi, and other bodies, and uh, we see how you conduct yourself. This is just about the type of leadership Malawi needs at this moment. Would you consider you know, running? And I didn't want to listen to people's voices and people's opinions. That bothered me because all my life I have listened to the Lord and I have studied the Word and I have walked closely with the Spirit. So I give people what I believe the Lord is giving me to give them. And I didn't want to be seen to be obeying people's voices after all. I used to quote at one time Martin Ruther's uh, statement that one man with God is a majority because I wanted truth to be proclaimed because that's what sets people free. And so I, I would study, I would pray, and one day as I was praying in my office, uh, I got tired. And so I said, let me take a break. And I went out and, you know, in just a moment it hit me as if the Lord was talking to my spirit and I heard that voice. And God said, didn't I listen? To people's cries? Didn't I see people's sufferings? Didn't I say that I'm come down to deliver them? Isn't that the reason I called Moses? So it was so strong, I went back to the office, got my Bible, and got to Exodus 3 and reread that passage. And then I read other passages. I read about how God had called David to pastor the whole nation of Israel. I read about how God wanted Israel as a nation to be a type of the kind of uh, relationship that God would have with his people. Blessed is that nation whose God is Yahweh. And that righteousness is what exalts a nation because sin is a reproach to uh, any people. And how that when the righteous are in authority or the righteous increase, people rejoice. Uh, but when the wicked uh, rule, people groan. I read about how Jesus taught us as his disciples to pray that God's kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth. Always thought, you know, kingdom come means whenever Jesus comes. But then he had taught us to pray now that his reign, his rule would be demonstrated. I, I pondered over those scriptures just as Jesus is and we are on earth, his representatives, I came to believe 
with deep conviction that he wants even those kingdom principles in terms of governance of nations be applied here and now, even before he comes to set up his perfect kingdom. When I came to that conclusion, and I said, okay, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, uh, I'll do it. Peace came over my soul, and it was like the fight was over. I went home, told my wife. I called my children together. Some of them are ministers in their own right. Everyone loves the Lord, full of the Holy Spirit. We prayed in our kitchen, you know, and they affirmed my decision. I talked with the church leadership, and they affirmed the decision. I talked with other leaders. They encouraged me and said, we want to pray for you. This is what we need. I, I know Africa pretty well. Mm -hmm. I spent many years on the continent and uh, traveled from east to west and north to south. And uh, you know as well as I that uh, many, many leaderships of different countries have seen tremendous amounts of corruption. And as a result, the people have suffered greatly. When I heard that you were considering doing this and have decided to run for the presidency, my prayer is, God, let it be, because the man that I am looking at right now is a man of integrity, great preacher. I, I've listened to you preach, my brother, and uh, you have a word always from the Lord. So how do, you, how do you attack the corruption of Africa? So this is where, you know, uh, we say corruption is uh, it's a matter of the heart. And if we will have uh, people of integrity in high places, that will set an example. People that will have political will to deal with this cancer that eats at the soul of many nations including Malawi, there's a whole lot of wastage, a whole lot of corruption, a whole lot of uh, uh, ineffectiveness uh, in, in service delivery. What we need to do is to say the development of our country does not depend on anyone else. It depends on us. If other people give us help, they ought to be aiding what we have determined to be a future we want. So I have been talking about developing uh, a national uh, vision that is shared by all, that is above party, uh, you know, politicking, that would be shared and would be uh, institutionalized so that there would be uh, institutions that would check on whatever president uh, was in power at whatever time and say, how have you stayed true to this given vision that Malawians prefer as a future they want to become. And uh, that way then, uh, we will free up uh, a great deal of resources that get wasted by initiatives that every president comes in and sets up and, you know, sometimes almost uh, leaving what the other uh, president was doing uh, when some of those projects had cost the country a lot of money. I want also to reduce a number of ministries uh, that uh, uh, serve the people, because sometimes uh, these are nothing but um, uh, appeasement uh, 
uh, to uh, cronies that you want to reward and in the process then uh, just abusing uh, government uh, funds. I also want to make sure that those institutions that are there to provide checks and balances are truly empowered and they can do their job without interference from the presidency or the executive branch of government. I want to make sure that every money is accounted for. See, 30 to 40 percent of our national budget every year gets lost through corruption and theft. And right now we're in the middle of a, of a scandal that has brought untold shame to Malawi. Uh, they call it cash gate. It's a scandal of untold proportions, billions of, of kwacha have been uh, uh, siphoned off and uh, by public servants and politicians. And everyone wanting now, because the cat is out, sat, you know, out of the box, everyone wanting to uh, get credit and say, oh, no, we're fighting corruption. But they are at the very center of this. We dare not continue with that kind of leadership or Africa is in deep trouble. Mm. We must demonstrate a different kind of leadership, servant leadership, where integrity is at the heart and empowerment of the people is at the heart. Mm -hmm. The majority of Malawians today still live, uh, uh, you know, on a dollar twenty-five cents, um, uh, to put it in in, in uh, U.S. money. Um, it, it's pathetic, and many of them still uneducated, uh, cannot read and write, and we take advantage of that. Uh, by uh, sometimes appearing to be the good people when we have accrued, uh, you know, so much wealth unto ourselves and then we give handouts. Yeah. They must be empowered. They must be the people with the food. They must be the people with the money. They must be the people with the houses. They must build Malawi because this is a Malawi for all of us. That's a wonderful, wonderful answer. Our President Verhaven and also our, our speaker always asks when he does an interview a question that uh, we're going to start wrapping up here. But the question is, what does Jesus mean to you? Jesus is all my life. You know, I was born and raised in a Christian home. And my parents taught me about Jesus. I learned about Christ. And we memorized scriptures. It wasn't until when I was in secondary school, however, that I personally gave my life to Jesus, this Jesus, and my life was transformed. I couldn't speak to people. As many as five, that was too many. I would shut up and, you know, and crawl in. And when I got saved, at that time I was thinking, I'll be a medical doctor. I can deal at least with one person at a time. But God just changed my life. And I began to preach even as a teenager. And I, you know, God just began to use me in ways that I would astound myself. And so the story of my life has been Jesus and God's grace. A Lazarus come back from the dead. <laughs> Someone who couldn't do anything, and yet God says it's a tool I can use to do something. And so Jesus means all my life to me. And the family that he gave me, the children that we have, everyone loving the Lord, saved at tender ages and continuing to serve the Lord. 
and uh, we're believing that this blessing will go on to our grandchildren. This is what I'm talking about. A nation that does not think in terms of just us. What about our children? What about our grandchildren? What about the generations to come? And if we put Jesus at the center of this, because he's the one who owns everything and he's been to tomorrow, he will take care of our future. That's Jesus to me. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing, and that is to pray for, for your country, to pray for the uh, nation of Malawi. Would you do that for me? Yes, I would be glad to. Father, in the name of Jesus, we recognize that you are a God of all nations. You are a God of this particular nation of Malawi. You were there when this nation became independent, even before it became independent, after it became independent, and right now, even in a dispensation of multipartism, Lord, you are still the Lord of Malawi. I pray there would be such unity as one nation, and I pray that you would give us such a vision that would be shared amongst all of us as one vision that describes a future that Malawians want. And I pray that you would give us the discipline and, and the courage to follow through in order to realize that vision for inclusive growth, for blessing, for a more prosperous Malawi, for a Malawi that is able to be food secure, not just for a month, not just for a season, not just for a year, but food secure at all times. In Malawi, whose people truly fear God, because we declare as a, uh, that we are a God-fearing nation. Keep us away from sin. Keep us away from those things that corrupt our hearts. And keep, away from, uh, uh, keep us away from uh, uh, the, the temptation of using power as a tool to oppress others while our spirits die in the process because of too much of that power making us corrupt leaders. I pray that you would help with the traditional leadership. We pray that you help with the political leadership, the religious leadership, and all the civic leaders. I pray that everyone would work together for a common cause to say this is one Malawi and this is what God has given us and we want to work out together so we are truly empowered economically and socially and politically but above all spiritually. Thank you Father in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm so thankful that we were able to share the interview that my brother Jim Grahams did with Lazarus Chikwera the current president of Malawi in Eastern Africa I love how he said the story of his life was Jesus and God's grace. All I have to say is amen and amen to that. And before we go, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.